Welcome to the Digital Government Podcast. Tune in to discover the future of governance and ways of getting there. Welcome back, everyone, to the Digital Government Podcast with your usual host, Federico Plantera, journalist, sociologist, and researcher today accompanied for, I would say, another one of the uh, installments of uh, uh, the times and the series when we talk about digital leadership today with Ingrid Tonekurg. Ingrid is a new member of the management board at eGovernance Academy. And so this is a welcome to the Digital Government Podcast, but also... Mm, in a way, a welcome to eGovernance Academy. So, ciao Ingrid. Ciao Federico. Nice to be here. A little introduction for uh, everyone, uh, me included actually, up to a certain extent, to, to you and to your profile. As I said, you're a member of the management board at eGovernance Academy, and indeed today we will uh, talk exactly about the topic of leadership and uh, managing teams, and at the same time, teams across countries and in uh, multicultural business contexts. Why are we talking about that? with you because in your uh, work path so far for example there is a, a lengthy experience at microsoft as a sales manager in more than 25 countries at the same time before still in it you have experience from ibm again software sales manager but before these two experiences no who was let's say ingrid tonekurg before these like sales management positions before being the sales manager at those IT companies. Uh, I also worked in, in a university, in a private university, which was also international. And uh, before that, I was part of a, a, a project in the Ministry of Finance from the EU FARA, which means, of course, international consultants, about uh, setting up the treasury for the Estonian government. So I've almost had like no day in my life when it's not international or has to do with someone else uh, from some other culture or not speaking English or something like this. So it's good. I, I like being international. And this has been since my early childhood, even though I am still from uh, that generation that uh, was not allowed to travel abroad. Uh, but as soon as the... As soon as the border started opening up, uh, my dad already had like friends, you know, in Finland, and we went to visit them, and uh, and they came to us. So for me, this is kind of a natural habitat to be around such people. Both of my parents are teachers or professors, and my dad taught me a lot about uh, how to learn and how to learn through through argumentation and how to argue without. Uh, uh, you know, hitting the person, hit the ball, not the person. Hit the ball, not the person. Uh, very valuable advice that I would say uh, definitely can come from football as well. And obviously, as a Southern Italian, <laughs> I have to point this out. But aside from this, uh, from the things that you mentioned from uh, before, let's say, in your career before the, the corporate jobs, let's say, mm -hmm. you have mentioned exactly education and you've mentioned also public sector. So uh, how was it for you in hindsight, let's say, in retrospective a little bit, to not only navigate across borders with the people that you had to deal with and also that you had to manage, but also to navigate across sectors. Like, how did you, how did you find your way through it? What did you, if you felt at all, let's say, any 
anything that maybe you had to change, let's say, from one sector to another and something that instead had to remain and that you thought it was something reapplicable? I can't say it's too different from uh, a sector or industry or, or in that way, because um, where I've always found the strength is working with people, people who are smart, who know their area. And uh, then it's it's kind of agnostic to the to the industry or sector, because, um, you know, in every area there are, you know, some Businesses are faster, some are slower, some governments are faster, some are slower. So, so this has to do, I think, more with the people rather than the, the sectors. And uh, since you're talking about people, uh, you're actually going directly into something that I thought of asking you uh, based exactly on this past experience and the fact that people are also, especially when it comes to public service delivery, for example, at the receiving end of a chain, let's say, of developing, designing, and then ultimately making available public services. In a very similar way, for example, in the private sector, when you have to lead teams in sales, we are talking about the receiving end being customers. No? So some in this sense, is there any change, let's say, that you have already noticed or thought about or that you are envisioning let's say in uh, the way that we talk about people when we refer to them as citizens in public sector delivery or as customers let's say in uh, a private sector type of environment there there is a big parallel among uh, between them what you need to keep in mind is that either of these groups uh, is the end user of something and it should be based on their needs and it should benefit them. So whether it's citizens through government services or whether it's customers and also the, you know, the employees of the customers. Customer, a business customer is not just a, a strange unit. You, know? you have people who will be using whatever digital solution they, they will receive. So in that sense, there is not that much. Of course, uh, uh, the business users are probably uh, more defined in their scope. As, but as a citizen, you need a lot of different kinds of uh, services. Yeah, because I, this is actually also connected to another topic that we have explored in last year's e-governance conference, for example, which was exactly how when we talk about designing public, ser public services, for example, we can't really narrow down the the designing and the delivery also of public services to specific personas because exactly when we're talking about public services we're talking about things that need to be usable for the most not just for the many in society but for the most and uh, in this sense it takes us to think uh, with the users and also to get closer to the users, no? especially when it comes to public service delivery. A little bit instead about your personal experience in the sense uh, in the private sector, just to, let's say, uh, draw a few connections. And, uh, and what, I would like to, what I would like to ask you is exactly you, that you have said that it's, um, uh, that it's very important for you to feel close to the customers no? and like to be close to the customers. So how did that, for example, take shape or how did that look like in your personal work experience so far 
in the private sector. What did it mean to be close to customers for you? So for me, it means uh, being close to the customers means to listen to them and understand their needs and um, maybe try to think together if they don't yet know what they need. Uh, you're referring to me uh, working with uh, uh, private customers, but actually I was working all the time also with governments and, and the public sector. So, so um, yeah, as I was representing a private uh, company as Microsoft is or IBM, but actually uh, the customers were always from all sectors or all industries. So I like to meet people. I like to see how they react, what they think, if they can describe what they need, because um, this is where the truth really comes out from. And sometimes um, the, the situation was that, okay, we have the company has an idea that we want to improve some kind of a system. And then when you talk with those people who are in that department or in that function, and they're saying, no, 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 we don't actually need that. We would actually benefit much more from an entirely different approach. And, and this is what I mean, being close to the customer. That sometimes if you go even from outside, you can get closer to the uh, pers person or role who needs something. Um, you just need to ask. You need to uh, kind of investigate uh, in, in a good way, you know, what would be beneficial. Do you think that maybe, and I will say, I will put it from a more like collective perspective. Do you think that a little bit collectively at the moment, we are sometimes missing this part of the equation in terms of designing and delivering public services, meaning in more, uh, how to say, like uh, ground terms, let's say, is maybe sometimes government in general as an entity a little bit distant, let's say, from the people in understanding their needs. And as a consequence, we need to listen more. What is your opinion on that? What have you observed? To be honest, in Estonia, I am very happy with a lot of the services that I get as a, as a citizen, as a business person, as a mother, as a, as, a, as a daughter, helping my parents, for instance. So I think Estonia has done a really good job of different digital services. So I don't know if someone has been listening or thinking a lot, but it's good. Yeah, I think that uh, governments are not the same all, all over the world and, and some are maybe doing a better job and some not. Uh, and definitely it's, um, it's maybe, it takes a bit of time to, to get feedback from the citizens, what they need and do, do they even know what they need? Often they do, but uh, not always. And, uh, uh, and then the question is if the government actually uh, listens uh, or reacts to those needs. Uh, yeah, I, I think it can be improved definitely in many cases. I mean, this is related to the topic of listening, you know, and like to listening to the needs and uh, of both like customers and citizens and listen and listening to people and uh, dealing with people is something that somehow it's, has been a little bit of a common denominator, a fil rouge, so to say, in your in your career and your work path. What do I mean with this is that before the corporate um, job postings, before the government work spell, and even before education, you actually also had uh, a bit of a spell as a bartender. Yeah, being a 
bartender was uh, it was a short time but it was very cool job i would say hey i mean you have to listen to what people want the other thing is that people come to relax and they tell start talking and they tell all kinds of interesting stories uh, I heard a lot of life experiences. I've uh, told my kids as well that I would really like them to have, at least at some point in life, a service job. It teaches you a lot of understanding and empathy. Exactly, because uh, there are many of these you know, job experiences that we might have had in the past that do teach things that, that stick. In your experience, what is something that you have been... Uh, um, that has been, let's say, a learning for your own self as well in terms of how to uh, coherently and uh, seamlessly manage teams towards getting to a certain goal. Because I think that that becomes pretty evident in the field of sales as well, no? You're right. Nothing can be done alone, always with a team. And uh, it doesn't need to be that these people are always in one team, they can be virtual teams, like in, in a sales situation or a consultancy situation, you know, the, the teams uh, change every once in a while. Um, what is the most important for everybody to understand uh, or, or practice, actually, is always assume the best intentions from the other side, because then you can solve topics, you can argue in a much safer, securer environment. If you assume best intentions, then then this will take you a long way into understanding the other's position. And I think this is one of the reasons why I like meeting people either face-to-face or, or at least see them, because uh, this, this helps to read, read the people. Uh, I'm sure you've had... Uh, situations where you get an email and you're already in a bad mood and the tone that you're reading this and maybe you had a slight argument with, with the person who sent it and you read this email like oh, that person how could she <laughs> and uh, and you kind of you know you wire yourself super up and then when you read this at a different day or with a different tone or Maybe it exercises to use it, to read it with a smile and, and understand that maybe this person, actually, there is nothing in the words, but you imagine a tone uh, from yourself. So, yeah, I think we always assume best intentions goes a long way in team building and understanding. I've had the, I have the ultimate pleasure and honor to work with super smart people. People are really smart and most people are very motivated to do things. Uh, usually when it can go wrong is, uh, is either team dynamics or, or something, uh, something that's not easy to point your finger at. So there I see as a, the role of a leader to kind of make the team a whole again or, or like make people work together. Wow, I think you gave the best example of the reading of the email. First of all, because I would have to say uh, this topic of assuming uh, people's intentions first in a good way and then let eventually facts or other actions, let's say, prove you wrong on that mm -hmm. is definitely something that I've been uh, like personally like reflecting on, let's say, in the past uh, year or so. 
for uh, and we did not even speak about this before. So audience members, that like, you can be reassured that I was just nodding without saying anything in front of the microphone, and uh, uh, and at the same time, instead, uh, yeah, the, I would say that exactly like a good manager probably needs to do also that, which is not just let's say to set goals or to set strategy or to set plans, but also to care for the overall. Um, well-being let's say of the team exactly. and the overall dynamics in the team of how people work with each other how people work with each other which you have made an example of the email but you have also mentioned for example the the fact that teams often especially now you know during after the pandemic but also just in general when it comes to international teams they do often work virtually with each other they have team members that they see mostly let's say through a screen or like during the, let's say working hours and working times. And I would say that probably another aspect connected to this is also that maybe the leader and the manager, the good manager and the good leader should also make sure that people don't reduce, let's say, the perception or uh, the idea that they have of a person, you know, that they're working with to the email or to the screen or to the moment of calling that they're having, but exactly take into account that an email could be read in the wrong way simply for another reason that is not personally connected to them or that is not maybe necessarily work-related. And this is something that increases in complexity when there is also an element of uh, um, multiplicity of cultures within teams. No? And that's exactly the point that we were mentioning before of the international teams. So again, we're talking about digital leadership through talking about, you know, personal experiences that sort of like most of us have had in the past couple of years. So this is not a topic exactly that it's only for leaders or managers, but it's a topic as well for uh, us, let's say, or like people working with leaders or managers or under leaders or managers to uh, understand exactly the rationale behind like certain decisions and certain things that are said in a certain way. In your Microsoft experience, indeed, you do have worked across 20, 25 countries, if not even more, I think. So something that I would ask you from that is actually connected to, uh, I mean, you have said already that it's been a pleasure to work with so many um, interesting and uh, smart people across countries and that to have had this this human capital, let's say, uh, like <laughs> in your hands, like then to be able to actually do things with them uh, to achieve certain goals. This is something that, in any case, you have also explored a bit, let's say, in your uh, research times in uh, in academia and in university. Because indeed, one of the things that I have not mentioned, uh, but that you have hinted at, is that you have done the previous research into business cultures in general. So like not not just the culture of doing business like situated in a single country, but multiple cultures of uh, doing business as far as I understood. So is there anything that you saw throughout your international experience, let's say on this field and leading teams that was exactly as you had envisioned it and imagined it while you were writing and researching? Or there were also, let's say some things that did surprise you mm, in terms of business culture from culture to culture? My, my research was about how cultures affect international business. 
And I was um, largely basing it on uh, Gerd Hofstede, who had researched and done a lot of uh, uh, analysis and a lot of questionnaires country by country. Um, I've, I've seen that this very often holds true when we talk about how power distance plays between the people. You know, if, uh, if you can say uh, hello to a, a manager's manager, without having to like uh, bow before them or not. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it is a, that particular culture. But uh, what I've seen that, yes, Gert Hofstede was quite spot on with, uh, with a lot of the things that he was measuring and a lot of the, uh, the conclusions that he made about cultures. Uh, what I find a bit different is that as that research was done quite a lo- while ago, and I know that, that it is... Uh, updated every once in a while but it's uh people are becoming more i don't want to say global but uh, they see the world more and then this kind of melts a little bit so the the ages are are kind of uh, softer of some of some cultures and you can see some are more conservative some are more uh, more liberal uh, it also goes for diversity you know being uh, being a woman manager in certain cultures uh, well it took me a little bit of time to gain trust uh, among certain customers because uh, they they perceived it in a different way but then again you know assume best intentions and uh, understand the people's culture and and have also a, a good guide of the culture or, or a good reference person, a local person who can explain things or or that you can introduce you or or lead the, the discussion to a certain place. So, so yes, it's true that there are different cultures and uh, they affect uh, the, the business as well. Uh, but also uh, people are becoming a little bit more similar, maybe a bit more understanding or, or maybe switching on the similarity modes in an international business or or work. And I would say that that happens also because of the thing that you mentioned, because of the perception or better, like an increased perception of proximity with the people that they're working with, even if they are extremely distant in geographical terms or in cultural terms, meaning... Even just, for example, the fact of having to get used to working online and to working with teams and to working across borders, which are all, let's say, byproducts of how more global and globalized, uh, not just the economy, but also simply the way that we communicate becomes, then that does actually get us closer a little bit. And also at the same time, create the ground you know, for some... Uh, commonalities or similarities to come up that maybe uh, before we did not even think of. But um, this obviously leads us to sort of like the last question that I would ask you to wrap up this podcast episode. Uh, Ingrid, at this point, we've talked about your personal experience and through your personal experience, we have, uh, uh, we have, we have drawn a little portrait essentially of certain things that do enable leaders and uh, uh, teams to work success- successfully towards 
a uh, certain goal and to achieve certain goals. What would you say if now we were to mm, sum up, let's say, to do a little, uh, not a little listicle, but just to mention some things that definitely uh, team leaders or anyone aiming to uh, achieve something together with other teams, what are, let's say, these like main learnings that do that people can apply and that do make teams go forward? Mm-hmm. So one, yeah, we said best intentions, um, be aware of certain cultural differences, but it's not only the culture. It's also that in, inside one culture or a nation, there are different types of people. So when I think of diversity more than anything, I think that the everybody should listen also to the more quiet people. You need to ask them because Usually we hear the loudest person who uh, speaks, uh, who always speaks up uh, and that opinion is definitely very valid. But in order to make the best decision, you also have to ask them more quiet team members. And uh, this, this is something when you build a team, it has to be diverse. And by diversity, I mean this different personal traits. Some are more analytical, some are more communicative. They're all good if you make them work together for a common goal. Leadership, digital leadership, today with uh, Ingrid Tonekorg. Thanks a lot for joining us today in this episode of the podcast. Thank you very much, Federico, and um, hope to see you soon in Estonia. Exactly. Perfect hook for for allowing us to uh, state once again that, yes, in May, from uh, May 21st to May 23rd in Tartu and also online. There is the e-governance conference 2024 happening, which we have uh, already introduced and we will keep introducing in the next episodes of the Digital Government Podcast, featuring also uh, speakers that you will, uh, you from the audience and also us, we will uh, very likely be able to see on stage, as I said, either in person in Tartu or online, where you can go also to 2024.egovconference.e and uh, check the tickets, check the panels, check the speakers, check the program, and also the place where the conference is happening, which is Tartu, especially for this year. That's it from us, and that's it also from uh, your host for today's episode of the Digital Government Podcast. And have a nice day, and I hope to see you all at the next one. This podcast is brought to you by the eGovernance Academy. Tune in next time 